0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast
1: 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I really, really enjoyed that conversation with Alan Patallo about the South Mississippi Boat Show going on this weekend at the point. And the fact that Alan and his brother Danny, Danny's had the Garnflow uh cobia tournament for over 30 years. I have hunted. I've fished in it for many, many years. And probably will fish in it again. But a lot of fun, a lot of lot great camaraderie, amazing fishing. And um now that you're gonna have uh you have Danny on one side with the with the uh, cobia tournament and Alan on the other side with the South Mississippi boat show, the opportunities for that boat show is going to be successful this year, but the opportunity for it to become so much bigger over the coming years is, uh, you know, it's pretty interesting. And I can't wait to see what that collaboration looks like. The Patalo family, you know, uh, Croatian family, uh, like the family that I married into, so many impacts here in coastal Mississippi. And what a great place for the Patalos to sort of do their thing on the point of Biloxi. You know, they called it Patalos on the point. That's what it is. Great opportunity. Go go take a look at the boat show. All the coast uh, boat dealers are going to be involved there. And it's a real opportunity to get a deal on a boat and and talk to people who really know what they're talking about. So now let's shift gears and move to my friend Jeff Duncan, and I'm going to invite Al Curley in as well. Jeff is a reporter and columnist for the Athletic. He specializes in the Saints. He does the Pelicans. He's just a sports freak, and he's very very knowledgeable. We have the opportunity to talk to him every Friday here on Super Talk. By the way, we're recording this show on Wednesday for you know we had to kind of ramp it up in that way this week. Um, So uh, as a result, we're going to talk about the draft. Some of it will already have played out, but we'll get still what Jeff's thinking is about the draft. But before we go into any of that, I want to bring Kyle in and just say, Kyle had the opportunity. He does the music at the Superdome during the Saints games, and now he's actually filling in for the Pelicans games. And this past Sunday, he actually did a Pelicans game by himself after all that training. How did it go, Kyle?
0: It went really well. I felt really comfortable with it. I, you know, I kind of stressed myself over it a little bit too much. And I, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know. I think I do that to myself every time I go to work, something new, but yeah, it was, you know, just from, it's the same, same boss at for the saints. So it's the same script structure. It's, I kind of hate to say it, but it was, Almost easier than doing a Saints game, yeah. Only because there's less timeouts and there's less to really to remember that's in the script. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, Kyle, you know I've said this before. You're you are, and and Jeff will appreciate this too. But you're a jack of all trades. You have IT and operations experience. You do voice here, here at Super Talk Media. Uh, which is multiple radio stations, you um, you, you kind of do it all. And then, you, you, then you're working with the Saints organization. But as you pointed out, st- you know stressing out because you continue to raise the bar for yourself. You heard what I said yesterday about what we're learning from our guests, that the guests, the successful guests that we have, these are amazing people who have made so many contributions, but they don't dwell on the past. I mean, they learn from the past, but they don't dwell on the past. But you get that so well that you learn lessons in life and you do best when you're stretching yourself, don't you?
0: Yeah. The, the sad thing is I kind of realize that about myself and I purposely sometimes put myself in that position so that I'll do my best work. <laughs> so I th- hey, look, hey, wait a minute. That's see, putting yourself in
1: that position means raising the bar, forcing yourself to do things that maybe you haven't done before. So you can be better. So you can, you can, you know, widen your abilities in life. And that's, you know, most successful people, that's how they become successful. They focus on constantly raising the bar. That's what you're doing, isn't it?
0: Well, I mean, who knew procrastination would really turn things in your favor? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but let me
1: tell you something about procrastination. My whole life's been nothing but deadlines. Jeff, you know this. I mean, buddy, procrastination wasn't something we were able to uh, engage very often, was it?
2: No, look, I can appreciate Kyle's point, though. I mean... Being journalists, we're all kind of deadline oriented, and deadline tends to spur action. And uh, that's how we've operated almost our whole lives in our profession. So I totally get it. I'm kind of curious to know what Kyle thinks about uh, the difference in atmosphere at the games. Uh, the Pelicans, you know, I found the NBA to be a lot about the entertainment during those breaks. Uh, you, you know, they're. The breaks tend to have a lot more entertainment aspect than, say, an NFL game where a timeout, there's not a whole lot going on except what's on the jumbotron. But it seems like NBA games, it's about the music and the, and the, the, the MCs that they have in the arena, getting the crowd going. It's a little bit of a different atmosphere than, than an NFL game
0: yeah I did notice that the they it is more focused on the entertainment during the uh timeouts and whatnot. They MC the different events that we were doing I think the game I did they had a Battle of the bands but the two previous games that I went on the training was um they did pod wars um, and then there was another one I really totally blanked my mind what it was but it was it's really entertainment stuff. It really takes that whether it's a two and a half minute break. Or a three and a half minute break, depending on which network. We really do. I say we, they, we really do take that time and maximize it and do a really good job of entertaining the fans that are there. You know, it's not full capacity, but the people that are in attendance, it's it's really it's really good time.
1: Yeah, and for you, hey, for you, Kyle, who you're playing the music, and there's I mean, there's a role that music plays in creating a better, more exciting experience. You know, is it how coming just sticking with Jeff's theme for a second, as you think about their arena and the the closeness of the crowd to you that you can literally see their reactions as opposed to the big you know the big super dumb etc. Is that does that make you feel a little bit more in touch with how people were reacting to you?
0: Yeah, I mean, for the most part though, it's kind of weird for doing a Pelicans game because I'm up in the uh, control room that's up in the top level on the press level. So I'm kind of away from everything. Um, I, I really had to work at trying to see what the crowd was doing and how they were reacting. I found a lot of my viewing was on the uh, video board um, because where I sat, you know, I really didn't see. I could see across the way, but I couldn't see expressions on faces. I could see movement, but, you know, I'm kind of so far removed and almost really couldn't hear because the glass and the way the partitions are in that room. It's not like when I'm doing a Saints game. You know, I'm on the 300 level, I'm in between suites, and there's you know thousands of people surrounding me, so it's a different atmosphere doing a Saints game than it was for me to do in a Pelicans game all the way at the top.
1: That's that's so interesting. That, I, I love hearing sort of that behind the scenes. Are you able to actually watch the game?
0: Yeah, I really have to watch the game because every time you know it, the Pelicans score, there's a sounder for each player minus one or two that don't have one for whatever reason. But there's a sound that plays when Zion scores. There's a sound that plays when Lonzo scores. Um, There's a sound that plays if somebody hits an air ball or something like that. There's, you know, constantly involved throughout the entire game. Unlike football, where it's defense, 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 you're playing nonstop. And then in the commercials and then offense, you can take a break. You're (laughs) constantly. Looking, you're constantly doing something. Even on defense, second half, midway through the third quarter, I'm bouncing. I'm playing music for offense and defense. So yeah. it's more involved in basketball. I think that's what kind of meh, kind of psyched me out a little bit. But once I was there, and it's me, it's just like really, this is kind of easy. Um, <laughs> and again, less commercial breaks, less elements to memorize. If we skipped one and have to do it later, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed it.
1: Well, it's easy because you raised the bar. You, you've, you know, you've been doing it for a while. You found you're, you're, you're operating at a whole different level professionally. And it's cool to hear you talk about it in that way.
0: Yeah, the hardest part for me was really because of the distance and seeing which guy shot the ball, especially if they're on the opposite side of the court. And then I'm kind of in the corner. So that goal that's in front of the Pelicans bench, I'm kind of behind the basketball goal and the backboard and sometimes you can't always tell if the ball went in you really have to kind of wait to see how the defense is are they playing it from behind the line or are they going to try and fast break whether or not if you play a sounder or not and That's just so
1: Kyle. interesting hey, before we let Kyle slip off Jeff any final ca- alter questions
2: well no I, I do have a funny comment though I, I'm not sure if you were there that night Cal but they had a, a a trivia contest with the fans at one point And uh, they had a a gentleman and a lady uh, answering trivia questions. And they give you five seconds to provide the answer. At one point, the guy was asked, uh, name three of Santa's reindeer. And he could only come up with Rudolph, which I thought was (laughs) ridiculous. And then they came back and asked the the lady, uh, name three states that begin with the letter A. And the only thing she could come up with was Atlanta. Atlanta. <laughs> that was her only answer. So the entire I fell out
1: just, of my chair. It's hysterical. <laughs> uh, so interesting. So, hey, thanks. Thanks, Kyle. We
0: appreciate no it. One minute left.
1: Okay. Thank you. We got Jeff Duncan. That was a lot of fun. We, we, Jeff and I have been looking forward to circling back with uh, Kyle to see how his experience of playing music. At the Pelican games, compares with uh, the Saints, and it's, it's all it's so interesting to see what goes on behind the scenes. I I think most people want to know those kind of things. So when we come back, we'll talk to Jeff Duncan about. We'll stick on the theme of the Pelicans for a second, see what see what the prospects are for being able to go to the playoffs or keep making moves, personnel moves, making great discoveries. I might add, finding out what works, what doesn't work, and then we'll talk about the Saints after that. We'll see you after this break.
0: live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 Well. Hey, listen, one of the
1: things that I enjoy about doing Coast View is when I go out, I went to a baseball game. In fact, last night, my granddaughter, who's five years old, plays baseball. And um, it's fun to go out into the community, especially in areas like in View, where I was raised, and come in contact with people I haven't seen in a long time. Sometimes, some people 20, some people 30 years. And to have them come up to me and talk to me about Coast View, not, not about my role as son, Harold, back in the day, but they want to talk about Koshu and they're listening and they're paying attention. And um, man, it warms my heart to see that people are really paying attention to the show because we're celebrating Coast of Mississippi. And um, you know, this opportunity we just had to, to chat with Kyle, who who does the music at at the uh, for Saints games, and now he's filling in for Pelicans games and see what's going on behind the scenes. Kyle Curley's the producer of Coast View, a jack-of-all-trades here at Super Talk Mississippi Media. And it gives me a chance to visit with people like Jeff Duncan, who... You know, Jeff, Jeff it's, been, it's been interesting having these conversations with you because you've done book signings for your book here in coastal Mississippi. You're actually looking for maybe a house here in coastal Mississippi. But you know better than most that when we... Whether it's Mickey Loomis or whether it's, you know, Miss Benson or whether it's Sean Payton or any player on the team who's been there any length of time, they understand that the it's not this is not just New Orleans teams, whether it's the Pelicans or, or the Saints. These they, these teams belong to the Gulf South, and they're, they're a true regional team. And you get that just as well as anybody, don't you?
2: Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, that's been hammered into me since I moved to New Orleans in 1999 that the Saints are a regional team, And I've mentioned this, I think, before on the podcast. Uh, You know, an NFL executive told me a long time ago that the Saints would never move out of New Orleans, he said, because you have a huge gap in the country between Atlanta and Houston where New Orleans really is the only team. And that, arguably, Ricky, is the most football-crazy part of America. If you think about it, it's the SEC West Division, Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, Those people and and people in our region are passionate about football and uh, certainly extends well beyond New Orleans borders.
1: Well, we're fortunate to have access to you, Jeff, who you know you've uh, covered the Saints longer than anyone else on earth. You write for The Athletic. You have not talked about The Athletic before. People can go look at TheAthletic.com if you want to know more, but it's an incredible business model that scares ESPN and others on the international level because of this incredibly smart approach that they're using, a non-advertising pro- approach, a, a subscriber-based approach, and uh, it's, it's going really well. We've got a great team in, in New Orleans, incidentally, most of that team, if not all of them, used to work with us at, uh, at NOLA.com and NOLA Media Group, and they're a dream team, and the years of service are really incredible, and um, and so, you know, yeah, the Gulf sounds so important. I, actually, I know people that drive for Saints games from Pensacola every single Sunday, at least when there's home games. So people, you know, I tends connected us in so many incredible ways, and, um, and one of the that's one of the reasons why you kind of fell in love with Coastal Mississippi, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and look, I'm really excited about the potential of Amtrak adding in that rail service because I think that could be another uh, way to get to a Saints game on the weekend. Take the train in from over the Biloxi Gulfport area, Bay St. Louis. Uh, what a fun way to experience the game! Uh, so let's hope that comes to fruition because I think that would add a whole new uh, uh, means of transportation into a Saints game.
1: So let's get back to the Pelicans, and then in the next segment we'll talk more about uh, more about the draft. But so are the are the uh, prospects of getting into the to the playoffs for the Pelicans getting slimmer and slimmer with each passing day?
2: Yes, I, I think it's going to be very difficult. I mean, there's basically ten games left. They're four games back and five games back of the eighth and ninth, uh, the ninth and 10th place teams. Uh, This critical uh, stretch here, they've got the Denver Nuggets twice this week. Uh, They've got to get one win there just to have any hope. It's just going to be so difficult. This team has not played well on the road all year. They've got a losing record on the road. Most of their games the rest of the way are on the road. So it would take kind of a reversal of form uh, and a big surprise for them, I think, to knock off the Spurs or the Warriors from one of those last spots.
1: So as you look on this uh, on this season, though, Jeff, of course, we have Zion, and what an incredible young man you've written uh, about him. He's a leader. He's an amazing young man beyond his years. We talked last week about the new uh, the, you know, tennis shoe contract that he got that you would not normally see with young players like this, but he's going to be the core of the team. But he's not alone. We're finding other uh, pieces of the puzzle. And the story of this year, ultimately, is about depth. And, and, and we saw that the injuries really brought significant focus to that. But if they can address the depth problem, they're beginning to really put some pieces together, aren't they?
2: Yeah, look, there's no doubt this is Zion Williamson's team. I mean, he is a superstar, 20 years old still. Um, what he's doing at this level uh, is really unprecedented. We have not really seen a player come into the league at age 20 doing the things he's doing. So they've got the hard part down. You've got the the sidekick and in Brandon Ingram, an all-star level player, to compliment him. And Lonzo Ball, we're not sure about what his future is going to be. The same, I mean, the Pelicans have his rights going forward. Uh, but after that, you're right. What kind of complimentary pieces can they add? Can they bolster the depth? That's going to be the top priority for David Griffin, Trajan Langdon this offseason, finding some more young players. And I think they need to add some defensive players and some guys that kind of have a little uh, toughness in them. Uh, this team is full of a bunch of nice guys. They need to add some dogs, if you will. You know, some guys that got some mental toughness to get after people and kind of do the dirty work. Kind of the way, you remember those old great Bulls teams that had Jordan and Pippen, but they had Horace Grant and Charles Oakley to kind of and Rodman, those are the kind of guys that they need, I think, and I think they'll find them this offseason.
1: So they there's a surprise or two that they've discovered, like Najee. Tell me about that.
2: Yeah, Najee Marshall was an undrafted uh, rookie out of uh, Xavier University that really has been a revelation for this team. I think he's going to be a part of this team going forward. Uh, I don't know how he didn't get drafted. I mean, watching him play, he's a really good defensive player. He can hit the open jumper, he can drive to the basket, he does a lot of things well. And it's arguably just adding another draft pick, if you think about it, to their young core. And I know the Pelicans are very happy with the way he's played. And he's getting significant minutes. I mean, he's closing out games now uh, with a veteran like Eric Bledsoe on the bench. So it speaks to how confident the Pelicans are in his ability to have him in in those crucial minutes.
1: Hey, when you had when you did the uh, in-depth look at, at uh, Zion, did you have good access to him?
2: Yes, I finally got a, a sit-down with him. Well, not a sit-down, a over-virtual sit-down with him. Got a chance to visit with him. Uh, and, look, the, the storyline for Zion Williamson is that he's as good a person off the court as he is a player on it. And I know that's kind of cliche, but it's really true. I talked to Stan Van Gundy about it. Stan Van Gundy said, if Zion Williamson were the 12th player on our team, not the best player, but the, the 12th player, I'd want him on my team because of those traits he brings, those personal characteristics of humility and team play and inclusiveness, all those things Zion Williamson has, and he called him a whole package. And it's just rare you get somebody that talented with those kinds of intangible traits as well. That's what Drew Brees had with the Saints, and I think uh, Zion Williamson's gonna kind of bring that same package to the table for the Pelicans.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting that the, he and uh, Drew Brees did strike up a relationship right in the beginning and uh, love seeing pictures of Drew's kids and Zion and Drew together doing things. But what was, you know, you wrote the book on the Drew Brees, Sean Payton era. You've had tremendous access to those two men along the way. So what comparisons did you develop in your conversations with Zion that you, that you brought away from your relationships with Sean Payton and, uh, and Drew Brees?
2: Well, the, all, all of them are um, inclusive leaders. And what I mean by that is they take the platform they have, they understand their responsibility as leaders on their respective teams, and they take, it, take advantage of that platform and that spotlight to shine it on others. Uh, you know, Zion Williams is 20 years old. He's already got a sneaker deal. He's already been an all-star. He's had all these uh, accolades come his way. So he doesn't need all the praise. What he does is he takes advantage of that to direct praise and attention to his teammates and to his coaches. And that goes a long way of getting people to follow you as a leader. And people know that you are not just about yourself. You're about the team. And that selflessness, I think, is rare. I saw it in Drew Brees. I'm seeing it at an early age in Zion Williamson.
1: Is When you're having a conversation with him, Jeff, is he soft-spoken?
2: Yeah, but he's confident. I mean, he's a lot like Drew in that these guys know they're good. I mean, they, they know they've got a, a talent, an extraordinary talent. And, uh, you know, the really good ones, the, the great ones, understand that it takes more than just themselves. They need all parts of the team to be operating a high level. So how can they raise the standard from their teammates and from their coaches? Uh, how can they get the most out of it? Because they need that. And so I think that communication level is gonna be something that Zion Williamson will will foster and develop over time. I mean, Drew Brees was a master at it, but he was also 40 years old. He didn't overnight become Drew Brees. He was, when we saw him win a Super Bowl, it took him time. I think that's the key for Zion. He's 20 years old. He's played basically one season in the NBA. It's gonna take him a little time. People need to be patient. Wow,
1: that's so interesting. Um, and Drew Brees is literally double his age. <laughs> they became friends, and the 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 impact they have on each other has got to be tremendous. Hey, look, uh, when we come back, we'll talk to Jeff about the draft. We will see you after this break. You can also
0: listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. And now, it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews, brought to you by J. Allen Toyota, Gulf Coast Business Supply, South Mississippi Boat Show, on Supertalk 103.1 FM.
1: Welcome back to Coast View. We have Jeff Duncan. We have Jeff Duncan every Friday. What What a pleasure. What an honor it is to have Jeff, who's covered the Saints longer than anyone else on Earth for the Athletic these days. Has a great team there. He's part of a great team at The Athletic. If you haven't been to theathletic.com lately, you need to go check it out. It's, it's literally a sport enthusiast, I don't know, you know, treasure. <laughs> That's what I would say. But, um, hey, look, we're recording this on Wednesday because of the way the schedule worked. This is playing on Friday. Jeff's going to make some observations about the uh, draft, which essentially started yesterday. And uh, but but a lot of these observations, we'll see if some of them come true. But do we we, we still have the second and later drafts to come. What's what's sort of the the, the feeling in the air as you as you you know talk to your, your sources around the Saints?
2: Well, I mean Sean Payton made no bones about cornerback being the top priority. Uh, that's rare for him to just come clean, but it's so obvious. I mean, they, they lost to Norris Jenkins in free agency, they had to cut him because of salary cap problems. And then you've got Marshawn Lattimore, the other starter, who's facing, facing potential league discipline because of his offseason arrest. So you've got a lot of uncertainty at arguably the most important position on defense in a division where you've got Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, all these great receivers. So to me, it's a glaring hole that they've got to address. So I fully expect, them. we're recording this on Wednesday, I expect them to address cornerback in round one. And there's already been reports that have leaked out that the saints have even shown interest, expressed interest in trading up in the first round to maybe address that position. Uh, they've got a little more ammo now because of the extra draft picks they acquired. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them get that cornerback in round one and then address the rest of the team needs in rounds two and three.
1: And you've talked about this. Um, so uh, I get, I get the, uh, the cornerback situation. Let's pray that Marshawn Lattimore's legal issues aren't something that's going to linger for any long period of time. Uh, clearly you, we see that. Okay. But then we've talked about the changing offense, the speed, the, the, they're wanting to kind of move things downfield and move, and speed things up. So you still think uh, some kind of a speed demon wide receiver is going to be in the, in the offense here as well.
2: Yeah. And I, I tell you, I think it has less to do. I think when people hear, Speedy wide receivers—they think deep ball. They think get behind the defense. I don't think that's as important as finding a playmaker at receiver, someone that can catch a short pass and turn into a big game. You know, the the, the, that's always been the strength of the Saints' offense. Guys like Brandon Cooks, uh, Lance Moore, uh, you know, you know, even running backs like Darren Sproles—they could take a a five-yard catch and make 30 or 40-yard gain out of it. That's how you get big explosive plays in the NFL. Uh, the NFL is not about 50 and 60-yard bombs. I mean, how many of those happen in a game? Uh, you yeah. know, Maybe one, maybe. Uh, that's not the, the Saints' uh, game plan on offense. They need someone that can take a short game, uh, make a couple of defenders miss, and, and get a first down. They're lacking that. Alvin Kamara can do it. Deontay Harris, the little returner, can do it, but he's been banged up a lot. He's not a big guy. So I think they need to find that receiver to complement Mike Thomas and Traquan Smith. They don't really have that kind of jitterbug 5'9", five, 5'10 five, guy in the receiving core, and there's a bunch of those in this draft.
1: Yeah, there definitely is. Um, so you last time we talked, last week you were at the Zurich Classic, and uh, Peyton... Ah, uh, played with Drew Brees one day. He played with Taysom Hill one day. Um, you know, looking back, did you get any more interesting insights about uh, the Saints as it relates to the players that were there?
2: Well, really, the most newsworthy thing was what Drew Brees said. I asked him about his injuries last season. No one's really asked him since the season was over. Now that he's retired, he can kind of come clean a little more. And he said, basically, yeah, I was never right the whole season. He said he had one game. One game, Ricky, week four against Detroit, that he felt close to 100% that he could do everything and call every tool in his toolbox. And so that means he started the season hurt. He, he admitted he had an abdomen injury that nobody knew about, that he couldn't rotate, which is critical playing quarterback. He had a foot injury, a shoulder injury. So he was really playing at less than 100%, and we kind of all saw that and he had said that it, it limited what he could do at quarterback they couldn't really make all the throws he wanted to make i thought that was the most newsworthy thing that came out of last week and
1: then and then the rib injuries for god's sake i mean my goodness multiple multiple rib injuries and then um you know he i think was it his wife or someone mentioned that he had had this shoulder injury and that that would you know i mean the last thing you want is a shoulder injury when you're when you're a a, a quarterback And it limited his ability to go down the field, and most of the teams we went against knew that.
2: Yeah, and so what I think is critical for the Saints is determining, you know, how much of that, uh, you know, limited the offense, how much of it was the personnel not having people like we talked about, playmakers we talked about. And then the other aspect I'm, I'm really interested to ask Mickey Loomis about this week is how will not having Drew Brees affect their draft. Or will it affect them? Or do they now look for players that maybe have different uh, traits and skill sets that aren't necessarily Drew Brees contingent? I'm interested to see how that works out.
1: It's going to be so interesting, and we'll talk about that for sure next week after you evaluate what this draft really means to the Saints. This has been Jeff Duncan from The Athletic, great friend of Coastview. We're here every Friday. Thank you for listening on Super Talk and uh, all the podcast platforms and social media. We appreciate that. And we'll see you next week, Jeff.
2: Thanks for having me, Ricky. Talk to you soon, buddy.
1: You bet. Take care.
2: Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast
0: 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.